previously on Alien Chimera. Seems as if there's some sort of gravitational field. It's holding that dome together and it's giving it atmospheres. Claire is about to walk away when one of the roughnecks reaches down and pulls out what appears to be a bone of some sort. As you get close to the dome, the doors on the side open up and inside you see this pillar. You realize that these waves are they are actually rearranging the molecules around you and creating oxygen out of other materials. The, the, the smoke is it's, it's disappearing. Um, where, where's it going? I want to poke those plastic things that I found. Kesha, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? I'm poking a shit. It lights up with characters that are absolutely unrecognizable and it's scrolling what appears to be some sort of information across the screen. Lieutenant Riker, my computers are going crazy over here. I don't know what's going on. Vic, you're looking outside, and you see now what appear to be this sort of latticework of lines forming. Those lines out there that you're looking at are so thin that they will cut through most anything. Everybody, avoid those walls like the fucking plague. You can now see holes appearing in the tents as if they're being dissolved. Yep. And you can see pieces in your exosuits appear to be disappearing. You just go racing right up onto the ramp into the docking area of the shuttle, kind of do a 360 along the way and park backwards. (laughs) Manage to miss every ruckneck and marine who happens to be in the way, just in time for the hatch to rise and the ship to take off. Hello, and welcome to the Romageddon Podcast, the Alien Chimera Campaign, episode number four. We're playing Free League's Alien RPG system with five amazing players, each playing two different characters, rotating throughout. And, uh, well, I mean, until I kill them, then people get to take some days off, maybe stay home, take a nap, get caught up on some sleep. I am Jason. I am the Game Master. Why don't we have these five people introduce themselves and the characters they shall be playing in tonight's episode. Hello, I'm Jordy, playing Dr. Norman Ezra, the medic. Uh, I'm Sam, playing Dr. Arthur Turing, the scientist. I am Molly, playing Desiree Pepperwood, the company agent. I'm Ollie, playing Victor Vic Vinegar. The Colonial Marine. And I'm Mel, and I'll be playing Clara Green, the medic who's more like a useless school nurse. (laughs) Who has now become, what did you get, hot-headed? Oh, yeah. Now all I can think about is that (coughs) the Bob's Burgers episode where the school nurse invents super life, so she has Mm -hmm. something to do, and then she shaves her own head, she becomes like a psychotic. (laughs) That's what I'm picturing now, when I picture your character. Voiced by Samantha B. B. I did not know that. <laughs> well, you never know. You get enough stress levels, yeah. start doing some weird shit. Not me. I now have nerves of steel. Uh-huh. Well, that just means you won't panic uh-huh. as much. You can still remain stressed, but you handle your stress quite well and to your advantage. Like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Last time, or over the course of the last three episodes, I should say, there was an orange alert. means that you found something alien. Went down to a planetoid, scouting party, 
found a strange metal dome in the middle of a very large flat field with what looks like ruins of some sort of ancient structure. You uh, studied it for a few days, and then eventually, due to some rather questionable technical, what would you call it? Uh, exploration. Yeah, there you go. Some tactile uh, exploring by our fearless pilot. Yes, one Kestra Riker activated this pillar that was inside of the dome, and then immediately strange shit started happening, and some sort of na or some sort of a monofilament structures were being built, and it, whatever was building them was recycling everything around it to do that, including you know your environmental suits and and your environmental tents, uh, everything you had laying around, but you managed. Thanks to Kestra's amazing driving mm-hmm. to escape to the ship and get the fuck out of there. The only life left behind was uh, a few fingers from one particular Marine, Joshua Lucum, a.k.a. Smiles, I believe, Vic named him. So oh, yeah. So he went back to the ship. He needs to get new fingers. Wait, they can just put new fingers on? If they can build full synthetic robotic entities, I'm going to assume prosthetics are pretty cool right now. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't Sid have a metal arm? She does. Yeah. yeah, hers is like old school looking. Yeah, mine's like really like outdated. We worked with what we had. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it worked. It's like steampunky. Functional. Yeah, yeah. gears on it. <laughs> Are you sure he doesn't just get peg fingers because he doesn't have good insurance? Feels like that would be the sort of... Uh, he works for the company. He's fully insured. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't they be like, yeah, you don't need all those fingers. <laughs> and the costs pile up. I was thinking that my arm was less steampunky and more like the T-1000 when his skin has been like ripped mm-hmm. off. It's more, it's like more yeah, a little more skeletal. Just never bothered to get the like synth of flesh add-on to make it look more realistic. I was imagining like I a was Winter think- Soldier. I was thinking more Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like somewhere between T-1000 and Furiosa. Yeah, probably a little more high-techy than the Furiosa. Yeah. So after the disaster with the pillar and uh, the near death of the initial survey team, you have, 10 days later, after a series of events, set up a secondary camp, well outside the influence of whatever happens to trying to be doing this recycling process. Several interesting discoveries have been made. So basically what happened is this thing was recycling, and you can see it was flattening the landscape around where it was building this structure, like literally taking down these hills and all the pieces of the landscape in order to basically build this thing. So you kept having to move the camp further and further away, fearing that these things were going to come in and dissolve what the new, the new camp that you had set up. Eventually it stopped. And at this point, um, these mon- this monofilament wire mesh sort of a thing, you could see it sort of formed, formulated these rooms in the interior, this miles-wide structure, and then eventually formed this outside solid what appears to be titanium dome that eventually goes up about 20 feet and then sort of gently curves up to the top. So you've lost sight of what's going on inside because it seemed to form this exterior dome first. You've been doing readings and so forth and gotten certain bits of information. As all this has gone on, Kestra Riker and the Never Given were sent back to the Chimera as a shift switch. And also, Sid Hardesty and her roughneck crew were relieved by a new crew, one read, led by uh, Mr. Brody Petrovic. So, Mr. Uh, you got time to lean, you got time to move crates, guy. 
The wounded Marine Joshua Lucum, a.k.a. Smiles, was sent back and swapped out for what could be probably considered the most apathetic Marine you've ever met, Vic, a man by the name of Uriah Winter. Uriah Winter? Uriah Winter. You can give him whatever nickname you want. And currently, on their way down to the surface of the planetoid, one Dr. Arthur Turing, Mm. who's being sent down to head up uh, and shore up the technical weaknesses of Dr. Norman Ezra, who's more of a biologist. Typical. Also heading down to the surface to assess the massive amounts of damages, a sheet of which I will give you now, is one Ms. Desiree Pepperwood, representing the company and its interests and the loss of uh, over 700,000 credits worth of equipment. Desiree is not amused. <clears throat> oh my god. <clears throat> Thank god I took nose of steel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, during this 10 days, uh, Dr. Norman Ezra received word that his son Teddy, uh, the, his cryo sleep uh, chamber had malfunctioned, and Teddy was now awake and roaming the decks of the Chimera. Due to this, um, Dr. Ezra, you're going to have one permanent stress level until further notice. You may or may not, your choice, have requested to go back to the Chimera to, to basically deal with the situation, but so far the captain has denied your requests. Uh, you will be moved out when things are more under control. In the meanwhile, he has set the synthetic 2E in charge of watching over Teddy and make sure he doesn't get into trouble. Good luck with that 2E. <laughs> we'll find out what happened to the, happens with that next game. So, Dr. Turing and Ms. Pepperwood. Yes. Ooh. You're flying down aboard one of the shuttles, the Icar- uh, Icarus 6, being flown down by Phoenix Corpse. Number one pilot, Michael Steelhands Callan. Yeah. <laughs> Kestra's rival. He is considered the number one pilot because uh, while Kestra is known for her recklessness, um, uh, Michael Callan is known for his smooth and by the book flying that's always very reliable. <laughs> <laughs> to that, I point to that giant tab that you racked up of everything hey. that's ruined. Hey, she's reckless. She wanted to touch it. And that's why you're not the number one anymore. <laughs> also flying down with you is the actual head of the Marines, Sergeant Charles Smith. He's going to be taking over the operations uh, in the military capacity and making sure that things go according to plan. Make sure he sees it with his own eyes. Always likes to be on top of things. Always likes to be right in the middle of the action. So, Ms. Pepperwood. Dr. Turing, you're flying down, and the first thing you see as you come down toward the planetoid is this massive dome, miles wide, extending out of just this emptiness of this desolate planetoid. For miles around the dome, it's the area is completely flat, and then all of a sudden, just in a very circular pattern, just right at borderline, it starts becoming hills and rocks and you know the natural landscape of the planetoid again. It's just kind of like very imposing site, this massive structure that you know was built over the course of less than 10 days by whatever this pillar was. 
The only thing that mars the surface of the the uh, dome is a sort of drum-like object that sits directly in the top center. It's about uh, five feet tall and about ten feet across, and it has what appears to be vents all around it, perhaps some sort of air system or whatnot, you can't really tell. And you know from previous camera footage that this dome is filled with various rooms inside, but you can't see them anymore as you're flying down. So you're flying down to the surface. What do uh, do Miss Pepperwood and Dr. Turing have anything to address to each other? Do we have? Do I have uh, this report? In you my have the list of ex- <clears throat> of damages in your hand. Yes, with company orders to find out why and whether it was justified, and if anyone's responsible. I would love to talk with my friend, my dear friend, Doctor Turing, on the way to the ship. But I am really hyper focused on this report, and I'm just sort of periodically shaking my head disapprovingly. And wrangling my eyebrows and huffing maybe every once in a while. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. Five pounds of coffee. Five yep. pounds of coffee. Um, Wait, we only brought five pounds of coffee for all of those people? <laughs> you didn't even drink it all. Yeah. So. A $120,000 atmospheric field tent. Destroyed. Three, actually. Three? <laughs> <clears throat> Three. Three. To the tune of $120,000. Credits. Whatever. $360,000 worth of atmospheric tents destroyed. And for what? What have we discovered? Have we found anything? Dr. Turing, I ask you. Have we found anything? That's what happens when you put Dr. Ezra in charge. He finds <laughs> no. a way to build a useless dome for $700,000. You've always said this, and now I finally understand. This mistake is just marked on the planet. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm doing. <clears throat> what are you doing? Uh, Turing is just remarking how his rival, who he thinks is a lot less smart than he is, is all to blame for this. <laughs> He's just like kind of eating it up, <laughs> and this is just further, you know, proof that he is the superior scientist because he just thinks this is all Ezra's fault, whether it was or it wasn't. But yeah, like how much do we know in terms of the details of like how this all happened, like how it got started? Do we know that it's because um, Doctor Ezra ran in there and no. started like touching the panel? We were all oh. wearing cameras. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you can see the footage. It appears that um, what was it Kestra. Lieutenant Kestra? Yeah, Lieutenant Riker. Oh, it was Kestra that did it. it was yes, that touched sorry. the yeah. pillar. It was and... Kestra, the, Kestra that ran up and touched the panels. Yes, and then our grand protector who pa- had a panic attack. No, it was uh, me. I was trying to survey and try to get us a route in between all the stuff to not get sliced up uh, by nanofilament. Question. Um, so we have um, nanobots that make all this stuff, right? So this is all just time, not money? The nanites that you have are not capable of building incredibly complex structures. So electronic equipment, no. Um, the base materials to, say, build the electronic equipment, possible. How, where, what is the actual, like, company fund? Like, where is the bigger number that this number is coming out of? I realize that you put a lot of work into this, so I'm not trying to say it's not good enough, but, like, how much does this actually cost Phoenix Core? Well, that's a large number. Um, right. Phoenix Core 
isn't Wailing Utani, they don't have basically an endless, fun, you know, pile of credits that they can spend on whatever they want. Yeah. As far as the actual net worth of Phoenix Core, you're not sure. That's something that uh, maybe if you were promoted to the board, you might know something like that. But this it's it's still hurts. in the billions. Okay. Okay. But this so still it's hurts. a lot of money, yeah. but it's, it's coming not... out of your holiday bonus. Is basically yeah. I was gonna say like, should like, I be like down upon. should I be trying to redirect you know expenditures um, aboard the Chimera in order to <laughs> compensate for these losses, or am I able to just like essentially cover this? From some sort of larger fund, or is this going? Or is like is the Chimera going to suffer financially across the board as a result of this expenditure? Well, there's the basic loss to the company's net assets. Mm-hmm. Remember, Phoenix Corp isn't a corporation that established itself on multiple planets. They don't gather resources. It was a it was an offshoot of Whaling Yutani. Most of the equipment you have, your your ship, um, the pups that were destroyed, the environmental tents, most of those were stolen from Wayland yutani when you defect it. So the ability to recoup uh, and rebuild is very limited. However, there's also the potential for alien technology to be valuable on the wider market. So you have to make this evaluation like, that's a big chunk of change. It's a lot of lost equipment. So, But what might the alien technology be worth? Um, who's responsible for this so you can write someone up and blame someone? Um, Castro Rica. <laughs> <laughs> Already filled out that report. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where do you buy this stuff? Like you don't. Yeah, like you I, have like, to manufacture it, or you have to go like way in a lot closer to the core worlds to get this sort of stuff. Remember, your colony is set deliberately out on the fringes because of Wailing Utani's threatening presence. So, can we manufacture this stuff? No. On board the Chimera? Yeah, some of it, yes, but oh. like the pups would take a long time. So we can't manufacture our own electronics? To a limited degree. Depending on what parts we have available. But I mean, the, yeah, the Chimera is meant to be self-reliant. But, but so, so the, the, the dollar value of this is really irrelevant. It's really the loss of the three environmental tents and all this like stuff that's irreplaceable. Yeah, because it takes time and effort, <laughs> a.k.a. money, to yeah, but, recoup but, it. But we, like, you know what I mean? Like, the Phoenix Corps could be worth a, a billion dollars or a trillion dollars for all we care. What really is the suck is that we can't replace anything. Yeah, I mean, you can replace it over time. But remember, replacing over time requires resources and manpower and so forth, which is all money. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, so it does have a distinct dollar value in the eyes of the corporation. But it's I mean, it's you know. it's it may as well just be. You know, irre- irreplaceable for our intent. Yeah, you're on a deep space mission, so you can't just roll back to the last space station without taking like a month or so out of your exploration duties, and now you're kind of stuck. But basically, we have, found like, we have like money in this like finding, so we need to get money out of it. Like, yeah, it needs yeah, to be profitable. Yeah, or yeah, Phoenix Corp. We've already put money into it, so we need to find something on the planet worth yeah. money, right? You need to remain yeah. profitable, yeah, yeah or yeah. Phoenix Corp just collapses. And we're already 723,000 in the red, yeah. so or black, red. How many ships does Phoenix Core have? Red. <laughs> How many ships does Phoenix Core have? Uh, well, more than just the Chimera. Okay, so we're not like the only. No, but you are the biggest and baddest, fully outfitted scientific vessel. Or with, we with were the nanite technology. Before we lost over seven hundred thousand dollars worth of fucking equipment <laughs> <clears throat> and coffee. Could be worse. Could have lost a shuttle. That's true. Yeah, right. She needs <laughs> a shuttle. And all of us. <laughs> So in either case, as you're evaluating this, and Vic's ghost is commenting on the list over your shoulder, 
uh, and uh, poor Mel is falling asleep. <laughs> More caffeine. Cocaine? Does anybody have any cocaine for Mel? I do. Cocaine. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right, line them up, boys. Wait, well, oh, it's not cocaine, it's meth. Is that okay? Mm. Uh, just together. <laughs> Whatever makes my eyes open up. Let's do it. <laughs> so as you are flying down to the surface, the remaining group, Dr. Norman Ezra, you've been working with the crew and establishing a new survey camp that you've had to move. You are down to the last three environmental tents on the entirety of the Chimera, so don't lose these. You only have one pup left for surveillance. You lost the other two. They are very rather expensive and hard to find pieces of equipment. And you had, of course, send back for even more science, medical, and comms equipment because all that got chewed up. Uh, you sent back as well to restock the lost guns in the armory, uh, which is coming down with Mr. Charles, or Sergeant Charles Smith, the head of the Marines. And, of course, it's been a huge pain in the ass having to move your base every day or so because of this sort of continuous stream of dissolving landscape. However... That dissolving landscape eventually stopped. You were able to set up a camp, and now you're there. And it looks safe, for the most part. And you've made some uh, interesting discoveries along the way. So in this ten days that you've had the chance to study, while it's been finishing this pillar, you discovered a few things. How to use ComTech. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely had some assistance. One thing that has happened is that your normal assistant has gone back to basically ensure that uh, your research above still continues, and you are now stuck with Clara Green as your chief assist medical and biological assistant. Base. So, Clara, yeah, that's your job now is to assist Dr. Ezra. Let's see here. What else did you learn? So, first of all, you discovered that the the original dome was made of a material you couldn't figure out. It was like some sort of hyperdense titanium. This new dome appears to just be more along of a baseline, a titanium alloy. It's not super hard, but it's hard enough to keep, you know, to basically function in an atmosphere atmosphere-less environment. You also, very interestingly, once you had your scanning equipment back online, you detected the presence of nanites in the air. Now, these appear to be of a different design than the ones that uh, are aboard the Chimera. Though they work in a very similar fashion, they appear to work a lot faster. And whereas the Chimera has tens of thousands of nanites, it takes that many really to be effective with any sort of uh, construction capacity, you are guesstimating. Um, you can't get into the, you can't read into the dome anymore because of the titanium alloy. It would take a very experienced Comtech person to try to hack through that and basically get the, adjust the scanners to where they can get inside. But while you could, and um, even on the exterior and the exterior air around the dome, you're guesstimating that there are millions of these nanites moving about. And the activity of them has become much lower since, you notice, since the landscape stopped uh, deteriorating. So that's what you've been learning. Victor Vic Vinegar, you've been doing regular patrols, uh, monitoring the progress of the slowly degrading landscape, kind of sending reports back trying to figure out how fast it's moving and like helping them out and sending them back information, just making sure everything's safe. And now that the deterioration has stopped, you have been wandering around the outside of the dome looking for any way in. It doesn't appear, it appears to be completely solid. And you found no way to actually get into this new massive dome. 
Uh, so your uh, job has been pretty boring. Just basically doing circles around the dome and, um, you know, going back to chill out, have some coffee from what's left. <laughs> Maybe a, a cigarette outside of your atmospheric <laughs> suit. Oh, yeah. This, uh, this damn dome. We'll be walking in the circle again. Titanium dome? Like, come on. I'll bang on it. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> it dings. Uh, <laughs> One of the other uh, Marines. Uh, Rodney. Are you sure you should be banging out like that? You might wake something up. Ah, shut up, Dunce. Hey. Get back to base. Yeah. Another day, another dollar. This atmospheric suits chafing my, chafing my getch. Oh, you really should have scrubbed it out before the last one, man. Uh, when you took your helmet off, it really was an odor. Hey, you know what? There ain't no showers down here except that one in the shuttle. And that thing, it's always, always somebody in there. I never get a chance. Oh, man, do you remember sharing a bunk, man? You were just, you're the worst, honey. I, I gotta be honest, man. You gotta shower a little more. What? I can't. It's always occupied. I feel like I can smell you through the comm link, man. <laughs> at this time, the Icarus 6 sets down at the landing zone just outside the camp. Now, normally, Dr. Ezra and other important people should be there to greet Dr. Turing and Ms. Pepperwood as they get off the shuttle. I'll leave that up to Dr. Ezra, whether or not he decides he's going to follow protocol or not. Can I send Clara Green out instead? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I'm a little busy with this, Clara. Can you please uh, go take care of them and see them in? Sure. Who Who are they? What? What? Why, why do I? Okay. Yeah, I'll do this. All right. It's Desiree Pepperwick <laughs> and Doctor Elon Turing. Especially okay. not Molly's face. <laughs> I wish we were doing video. <laughs> 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 Much too engrossed with these nanites right now. <laughs> Have we stepped off the ship? Yes, the ship settles in. You get suited up in your compression suit because it is atmosphereless. And so you have to wear one of those bulky, annoying suits that smells like somebody else's body odor because they never wash them out. I, I, I spray the inside of mine with a little, like, Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the. Shuttle opens up. The new Roughneck team departs. Uh, Charles Smith, Sergeant, sorry, Sergeant Smith, comes rolling out to meet up with Mr. Vic Vinegar. And you see Vic is there with a couple of his Marines. And uh, somebody, uh, you think her name's Green, something, a nurse of some sort is there, but you don't see Dr. Ezra. I'm so sorry. I have a question, though. So if I have this report, which details literally everything that we lost, how much of what you know we lost, all the money that we lost, why am I needed on the surface of this planet? To Who am I supposed to be talking to about this? Like, if we have all of the footage, we have all the reports, we spent 10 days studying what happened, and we know the financial damage, and my job as a company agent is to assess financial damage... What's the point of me being here? Well, your your job is not just to assess financial damage. It's also to, to examine the survey site and make a report to the company of the potential viability of profitability of the alien technologies. Basically, you need to go down, figure out 
what the hell uh, Dr. Ezra has been doing, uh, consult with Dr. Turing, and try to put a dollar value on the potential uses of this alien artifact. Of this giant dome that can't be moved. Well, or whatever's inside it. But we can't access whatever's inside it. Does not appear to be so. Hopefully, Dr. Turing can change that. In either case, the company needs a representative on site to make the evaluations. They do not trust scientists who are inherently going to look towards their own scientific means, and they are certainly not going to trust the Marines to make a monetary evaluation. Okay. All right. So what you're saying is that I have to be wearing this fucking suit no matter how badly it messes up my hair. And this is just my <laughs> life now. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. We're, we're all right. So, Clara, are you coming up to us? Um, I, you saw the Marines, and I'm standing right next to the Marines, just kind of waving. No. I don't have a sign. You're waving only at us? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, guys, come on. Let's go. Peppery, right? Pa- tur- tur- turry and peppery? What? Let's go. I'm sorry. Who are you? Um, I'm Clara. Clara Green. Uh, what is your function here? Doc- Dr. Ezra sent me to come get y'all. Dude, medical assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I do other things, but... Who are you, darling? What is your function here? I, I'm a medic. I help out. She is a conjunction. She has a function. <laughs> Why? Uh, I mean... Wow. She links up verbs. I'm done. On the alphabet train. I'm going home. <laughs> I was I was wrapped with attention at the first part of that sentence. I was like, wait, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Is there anyone under the age of thirty who will understand that reference? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I think they still show school. Do they still show them? They're so yeah. outdated. Yeah, but I mean, how else are you going to get the government or like the bill? Head. That's the only way that I can think of like how a bill works. <laughs> Could Dr. Ezra not be bothered to greet us himself? I did not ask him that. I am not that brave. But I can take you to him. Do please. Ezra causes this whole mess and sends this silly girl out to greet us while he hides in his lab with his tail tucked between his legs. <laughs> what? I'm an assuming asshole. they're using the local comm. Because remember, you have to talk through comms when you're in your yeah, pressure no, shit. What am, what am I? Oh my god. I love playing assholes. This is so much fun. I'm sorry. Like, I've never played an asshole before. It's really it's neat. Fun. It's yeah, yeah. neat. I suppose we'll follow this silly girl into yeah. the incompetent doctor's laboratory. We follow Clara Green. All right. <laughs> you follow Clara into one of the atmospheric tents. Meanwhile, Sergeant Smith rolls up to you, Vic. Vinegar. What's up, Sarge? So what's your evaluation of the situation down here? What are the Marines... What can the Marines do down here that you see is useful? Doesn't look like there's much going on to me. Well, you saw Smiley's fingers. Uh, uh, I, I I don't know what these guys are doing. They, they're just, just touching shit and turning stuff on. and It's really hard to keep a perimeter. So we're here to play, what, mall cop and make sure they don't touch things? Well, I mean, uh, they, they have me going in circles around that dome. Um, you know, after the 15th or 16th time, the, the dome doesn't change. I imagine so. And unless uh, we bring down the demolitions... We're not going to get into any fights with walls. I guess we'll just uh, 
Stick around if anything else comes up. I'll be here. I'll be leaving you in tentative charge. Perfect. Let's run everything through me. I just want to make sure that I am here on behalf of the military arm of Phoenix Corp. In case these scientist eggheads decide they're going to try to do something stupid and we have to stop them. Uh, so far, all I've seen is stupid. Well, you're in the Marines. Stands to reason. But uh, we'll keep an eye. All right, show me where the barracks is. I'm going to take this suit off and have a cigarette. Uh, just make sure you're not next to Dunny. He farts in his sleep. Well, yeah, I know that. I've <laughs> been traveling with y'all for two years now. I know whose ass smells the sweetest. Oh, that's a <laughs> I don't even... Uh... <laughs> May have been a poor choice of expressions on Sergeant Smith. That's like party. the fruit that's already rotting on the ground. It's Was that also on open comms? Go. Because I feel like Norman Asper would have stopped what he was doing, even though he is very engrossed with it, to cock his head. <laughs> All right, I'll try not to do any more of those. <laughs> I also had a quick question. Was the like metal composite that we found on the ground, like the metal shards, is that the similar structure as the outer shell? Is that like a similar? No, that's the that uh, material was similar to the inner dome. The inner which dome was the like the hyperdense titanium, okay. uh, so much denser than the dome that has been built. Now, you're not sure why the composition has changed. Did it change because they used our stuff to build it? The size of the dome suggests that the stuff they that got recycled from you isn't even a it's fraction even, of yeah. this dome. That's why you can look around for miles around mm-hmm. the dome and the landscape hills that were once 40, 50 feet tall have been just wiped out. How it's managed to turn dusty, rocky hills into titanium is another story. So, Tearing Pepperwood, mm. you arrive at the science research tent walk through the environmental dual flap thingy uh, and you can remove your helmets and get a breath of uh, recycled air. Oh, wow. I smell the cheap high karate already. Is Turing here? It smells like farts in here, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, enjoy them. They've been recycled and you can eat them again and again. What is this fifth grade? <laughs> I don't know. The we game has taken scientists. a turn. <sighs> <clears throat> Ugh, Ezra, show me your preliminary findings, and I'm sure I'll find something wrong with them. Well, I'm sure if you took a look at these nanites, you'd see they're far beyond anything that you can grasp. These things are working way more efficiently than anything that you've put out. Hmm. Let me see for myself, and I'll show you my findings. Why don't you take a sniff of this? You've never smelled anything as sweet as this ass. Nick, get out of here. <laughs> smell his ass. <clears throat> meanwhile while they're bickering and after I've taken my helmet off I'm a little I have nerves of steel but I'm a little paranoid about the atmosphere and about the planet so while they're bickering and I wait for Turing to get his initial findings before I consult them I'm like Miss Green is it yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. hey um, you are are a medic is that correct yes I'm currently assisting Dr. Dr. Ezra, but I, I, I have a, I have a question. So, like, how, with the helmets and with the humidity going on, how does your hair do that? 
How like, how that? do you keep it in place? <laughs> um, like, I, I don't understand. I've, like, I always have my hair going out all crazy, and I just, it's so impressive. I'm just really, like, how? Thank you. Can I do an observation roll to see if she's on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, you can do observation. Okay. <laughs> I got a success. Uh, Miss Clara Green seems like she's could have had a lot of coffee or possibly a little of something else, but she definitely seems intense. She could just be like that, but you've heard the rumors around the ship that uh, Clara likes to run a little fast forward. <clears throat> There's a bit of a catch in my throat. Would you possibly be able to take a look at it? We can discuss hair products later. You... What? You want me to look in your throat? You are a medical professional. Oh, yes, are you not? absolutely. I just have never heard it phrased that way. I just like it. okay. Yeah, how I'll go get my pen late. Um, I'm sure there's a tongue depressor around here somewhere. Thank you. Where did you find her? <laughs> Nothing but are the you best. You saying on that to me? Yes, I'm saying that to Doctor Ezra. Nothing but the best. On As Ezra's you are team. well aware, I am not in charge of hiring. This would be under your department. I did not hire this woman. No, uh, none, no offense intended, darling. You're doing a great job. I don't know. I don't oversee new hires. <laughs> she would have been assigned by the company along yeah. with every mm. single person was handpicked. She seems just as smart as Norman does. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously hired her for a reason, so she's here. Ahem. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I'm still digging through this drawer. I know there's got to be a clean tongue depressor in here somewhere. I'm just going to pull a random drawer open and pull out like a thing of echinacea and just like toss it over my shoulder. <laughs> <clears throat> I stare at it and wait for my exam that I am clearly convinced I need because I am worried that the atmosphere on this planet is doing damage to my delicate physicality. <laughs> okay. Okay, I found it, and I found a pin light that has all the batteries in it. Completely okay. Can you just open your mouth, put your tongue down, and go ah ah? No, a, like you got to stick out your tongue a little farther. Okay, gotta work with me here. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't see. It's like a little red. Have you been shouting recently? <clears throat> I don't shout. It, it's been it's been itchy. Scratchy, only since we touched down on the planet. It's very new. Like, 20 minutes ago? Yes. Is that is that normal? I, I, I think you'll be fine. Are I you think sure? You, yes, I'm Do absolute. I have a fever? I only have the rectal thermometers down here. We were <laughs> off video <laughs> All right, I reluctantly walk away from Claire Green. Thank you. What is happening over here? What have we found? All right. <laughs> Dr. Turing, you're like doing a quick scan through all of the data. Scan. Make a calm check roll, if you please. I would have assumed that I would have gotten a sample of the nanites in the area. Uh, it has been uh, not easy to do. They've got They're them. dodging me. Basically, yeah, they don't, they don't seem to like land on things like a fly might, so you can pick one up. They're just they are in the air. Do so, I have any like micro scans of them or anything? Uh, or? All you know is that they're, you're at first glance, their complexity appears to be a lot more. They just move faster. They seem to be more efficient. 
and um, they appear to have a longer battery life too. Most of the nanites they tend to break down after a certain point, and then the other nanites kind of recycle them. In general, at least that's how yours work. These ones seem to be doing that, but at a more efficient rate. Hard mm-hmm. to tell. Anyway, Comtech. Uh, I got three. Three, nice. Now remember, you have that list of stunts if you want to declare one of those stunts. What can I do like with a scientist? Stunt? It's like you can get a plus one on your next roll, or like the next roll that's uh, doing the same thing you can do for free. That's mostly used if you're like trying right. to open a door in a hurry or something, you know. Do I get two because I got three successes? You get to choose two stunts, yeah. Um, can I flip off Norman with one of them and save one success for next time? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can have one success. One of the stunts is you get one extra die, not success, oh, okay. on your next Comtech roll. Okay. Dealing with this similar situation, I believe. You right. you have the list there. I don't have it. Future in skill roll relating to this one. Yes. Okay. So you can kind of build off previous successes okay. with your knowledge. Well, I'll do I'll do that for one of them, I suppose. All right. So you dig through the data and run a few more scans. This takes a little while. Meanwhile. The nurse is looking at Pepperwood's fragile throat. <laughs> and uh, Ezra is uh, probably just standing back. The first thing you realize is that the nanites are still out there. There don't appear to be as many as you look and compare to the previous uh, scans that you did. They still appear to be collecting materials. So you're seeing slight changes in the terrain, although... The terrain itself where the material is being collected appears to be avoiding the area around you, almost as if they've decided that you're no longer worth recycling. Hmm. So something is actively, whereas before it seemed like they were recycling everything, now it appears like they're only recycling specific areas. And you definitely, just running through it, it doesn't take you but a matter of like five minutes to realize that there are indeed millions of these things. And which seems incomprehensible because it takes a long time for you all on the chimera to manufacture them and they don't last very long. So you have to keep manufacturing them and having the materials to make millions of them is kind of absurd. You need like a full on like factory. Mm -hmm. You also make a, a quick discovery. You notice that uh, the dome itself appears to have no openings except for at the top. There's this sort of like vent system up there. You, see that there's a pattern. The nanites appear to use this vent system as transportation. You see them kind of move towards it or come out of it at random intervals. So you can kind of track their their electronic patterns or whatnot, you know, whatever science thing. And it appears to be sort of a in-out for the nanites into the dome itself. You also realize that the dome itself, though right now if you calibrated the equipment properly you should be able to get scans through the titanium shell and possibly get a complete map of the interior uh, a lot of it has been pre-mapped before the the uh, lattice uh, before the outer dorm was completely constructed so you have sort of a pre-map of it but you might be able to get better readings given time but it would take several days to basically uh, scan the entire thing and manage to get through it and like and figure out how to do it without actually getting into the dome Like scan it through like the outside wall? Yeah, to calibrate the equipment to penetrate the titanium and be able to figure out what's (laughs) going on inside. And that's what you learn. Nice. Can I do anything with this information? Can I like... You can relay it to me. What? Can I do anything with this information? Like, (laughs) You have to speak up. You can relay it to... to, 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 Okay, I'll keep... 
Miss Pepperwood up to date on all this information. Okay. Thank you. Miss Pepperwood? I record this information <laughs> in a log. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are we doing to recoup some of these losses? What's the plan here? This is costing the corporation a fortune. I think the next step should be mapping the interior and trying to catch one of these nanites to study. Yes, I would like to at the very least be able to assess its value as a way, as a form of compensation for all we've lost. If there's millions of these and we can adapt them to our own technology, the possibilities are limitless. Indeed. <coughs> I love how that wasn't even like you clearing your throat. It was literally pepperwork. I don't have to edit that one out. <laughs> Please just spray that in your throat. I thought he gave you some echinacea. I I tossed it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was a spray. Yeah. Okay. I, like thought like, I thought it was like echinacea. I thought it was like tea. <laughs> no. Have some tea, darling. Just threw hot tea. All right. I would remind you though that echinacea is simply an immune system booster, so I don't think that it's going to help with psychosomatic symptoms of believing that I'm sick. <laughs> but I will spray it. It'll work if you anyway. believe. It's actually <laughs> a placebo effect. It's actually a flowering plant. I bought six of them yesterday with mm-hmm. the moon. Screen <laughs> Ali. Ah, Vic loves his mommy. <laughs> um, all right, I spray echinacea in my throat. Okay, and then turn back to Doctor Ezra. Um, Is that any better? Um, <clears throat> yes, thank you. <sighs> Um, well, might I visit the dome? Is there someone who can accompany me to the dome so that I can look at it myself? Uh, I mean... Ezra, we should do a private tour of the dome with one of the marines, Miss Pepplewood, and myself. We'd like to see it more closely. I didn't come all the way down to this planet to stand here. Zorbeckinacia in my <laughs> I'm just gonna like radio into Vic. Um, Miss Hardesty and uh, Sir nope. Turting. <laughs> Miss Pepperwood. 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 Done. Yes. I don't know why I started talking like Gloria Swanson this this episode. Like I've been mm-hmm. saying "darling" a lot. And I'm, not sure why. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just go with it. <laughs> Can All you right, please, darling? <laughs> it's very unprofessional, but. <clears throat> Vic, you're getting a call from uh, the doctor. Vic, this is Ezra. Can you please uh, meet me over at the research dome? Banana uh, phone. Um, that's Vic's ringtone. <laughs> ring, 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 Right. Um, also, I'd like to ask if there would be any way I can do a roll to see if I know any organic compounds that might pierce the outer shell since it's a weaker, any sort of acids or anything. Uh, you can make, yeah, gotta make, make a medical aid. Okay. Remember your stress die. Yes. Yeah. Poor Teddy, all alone, oh. aging rapidly. That's why I'm working my ass off. Why are you working your ass off? <laughs> <laughs> Glory. Two successes. All right. There are several organic compounds that you might use to break it down over time, but without some way to sort of like uh, hyperactivate them, it's 
the best way to get through potentially would be high-powered weaponry. There's also the potential to burrow underneath it. Um, but for all you know, I mean, you don't know if it the dome be a has solid a floor or not. underneath, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, Pebblewood. Yeah. Put your helmet back on and get back to the delicious smell of somebody else's body odor. Mm. Uh, and touring. Head out to meet up with Vic. Have I met Vic before? Um, on board the. Chimera, probably, but I mean, it's up to you whether Vic is just another faceless grunt, or I thought I thought Pepperwood had a thing for Vic, didn't she? I intend for her to, but I don't know. The well, he could be is. the Marine with the really nice ass you've been seeing about the corridors. <laughs> I mean, his sergeant, Sergeant Smith, does have them basically jog the corridors for hours a day to keep in shape. So okay. you've probably seen the Marines many times. Okay. Fanning yourself. Like Those yeah. tiny little shorts. <laughs> Sweaty muscles. Oh, my. People just sit there and watch, like, smoking. <laughs> Are you still carrying that really big gun on your back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I looked that up. You start with the smart gun, apparently, if you want one, which is a little ridiculous. Yep, but, I uh, have it. All right, I have the smart gun. Just be aware, it's not, it does not have as good of a range as a pulse rifle. Yeah, but it's mm. smart. <laughs> <laughs> it costs more. <laughs> it does cost more. There you go, it's better. All right, so you, all three of you in your environmental suits. Ezra, are you going Wait. with or no? Yeah. I mean, Sorry? I wanted to say hello to Vic and comment on his big gun. <laughs> okay, but I wanted to see who's coming along first. Ezra, yes, you are coming along? Yeah. And Clara, are you going to remain behind or are you going to go with them? I'm so bored here. I'm going to be right behind y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for some reason, Clara's tagging along as well. Mm. You're an you interesting meet, person. You meet up with Vic. My, what a big gun you have. <laughs> <laughs> Not as smooth. <laughs> Let me know if you need any help cocking it. Yes, mm. my dick's not bad either. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Smith of the comms. Will you please uh, perhaps behave respectfully to our company representative? Oh, so, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not just another Marine vinegar. I look incredibly offended, but in a way where I'm not actually offended at all, but I know I have to pretend to be. Uh, like Vic, Vic, Vic winks really <laughs> obviously through his space shoot, and uh, he, uh, he gets ready. <clears throat> <clears throat> we, should, we should get going. Oh my! <laughs> I was really expecting a lot more pushback on the thing I had yeah. for Vic. <laughs> Come on, She's the not prepared for you to flirt with her. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to think what a good a good thing was, and I was like, I was gonna be like, my brain's up here, love, because it's a smart gun or something. But I was like, I, I don't know how to like. <laughs> got I'm, a big dick. <laughs> I, I was like, my character's got like too intelligent. <laughs> I'm fucking crying. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even know to write this episode on it. <laughs> Let you guys just go. Freeform. Mm. All right, so Vic, you have a tour of the dome. All right, um, this is the this is the side of the dome that's round. <laughs> um, if we if we proceed around the dome, we'll we'll get to another side that's round too. Now, first of all, thank you are for you... that assessment, Victor. First of all, are you walking or are you taking like a rover? Because if, like you, if you're walking, 
yeah, it'll take you like a fucking day to walk around no, this thing. No. If you take the rover, however, you can probably get around it in a couple of hours. Yeah, let's rover it. Yeah, let's rover it. All right. So you yeah. load up on the rover. Hope you know how Does to drive. Anybody rover. have a piloting skill oh, at all? Shit, no. It is piloting. It's called piloting, right? Yeah, it's nope. called piloting. Yeah. I have one mobility. Hey, what? <laughs> That we'll change it. That's for stealth. I took it today. I got piloting today instead of my my range combat buff. Is that okay? That's perfectly fine. Uh, I'll drive the I'll drive the thing. All right, make a piloting check to see how smooth you drive. Vic does everything smooth. How close are we to like the dome wall? That is up to him. Two successes. That's nice. three successes. Right. Oh, three successes. Bullseye. All right, you have a nice even ride. Uh, as Doctor Ezra inquired here, how close to the dome wall are you driving um here's the thing since i got two extra successes you it says i can show off yes you can show off um i want to like really milk it i want to use both of my extra successes to like push my show off to the next level and i want to like come in real hot with the rover and then kind of just like skid like sideways and slide up to like a foot from the dome okay <laughs> the Riker maneuver i see <laughs> <laughs> He's been learning from my favorite pilot. Oh yeah, uh, you know, no big deal. All I'm right. just gonna make general like sweeps with like a uh, yeah. Same. I'm trying to think of like an apparatus that I can use to try to like suck up air. Yeah. Oh, to like try to get something out of the air. Uh, it's gonna be difficult. Um, That's awesome. Why don't the both of you doctors, the good doctors? Um, make uh, Comtech rolls. Yeah, one. Oh, I can roll one extra die because of the last success too, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say this applies. Yeah. No, that was two. a six. Yeah, yeah. two. Right, so two for you, and for Doctor Ezra. One, one success. Okay, as you're scanning around, uh, kind of sweeping the air in general. You notice that the nanite signatures seem to stay away from you. So they're still kind of moving in and out of the landscape. Uh, it's, like I said, smaller numbers. Uh, but they just kind of generally avoid your area. Hmm. So scooping one up in a bottle might be a complicated process. Hmm. You might need... want to investigate the top of the dome to set up some kind of trap for one of these nanites. Concur? Well, I'm just wondering why exactly they're avoiding us. Why would they be smart enough to? They didn't initially, and now they're not. How do you propose we find that out without capturing one? I'm just proposing that we might be dealing with something that's not working on programming and might be actively avoiding us. I want answers, not more questions, Norman. Well, you're obviously working with something beyond your depth as well, and I'm just trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with Dr. Turing. It is of the utmost importance that we acquire some of these nanites, at least one of these nanites, so that we might assess them more closely in a controlled atmosphere. What would your next step be, Norman? My next step was trying to uh, figure out what's going inside the dome. Mm, ascertaining whether or not it's still being terraformed inside, or if it's safe to explore. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be the uh, you know bare bad news here, but the the dome is solid, 
I'm aware of that, but you've got that big gun on your back, and we've also got some other plans that we could use. We cannot destroy the dome if we don't understand it. This could be incredibly useful to Phoenix Corps. So I'm not I've destroying the thing. dome, just piercing the outer shell to get inside. Seven, 17 times? Uh, I don't think 18 times is going to be the charm. <laughs> All right. Can I use some sort of like executive? You can thing? use command if you want. Yeah, yeah, to do what? I don't. I don't have. I have one command. But I have three manipulation. So I don't know which one would. I it want, depends on what well, you do. Are you trying I would to, like to? I would like to order these guys. So that's going to be command. Okay. So. Like so you have five die. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd like to try to order them to figure out a way to to acquire the nanite. Like I don't want to try to figure out how to get into the dome. I want a nanite. Okay, so make that roll. Two successes. <clears throat> All right, you hear the full weight of Phoenix Corp behind Ms. Pepperwood's voice. Get me a nanite and a caramello. <laughs> 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 Sorry. And, uh, the caramello is optional. Any order you want that in? <laughs> no. You do, re- both of you do realize that uh, Phoenix Corp is the one who gives you all the supplies you have, and if they decide that a nanite is more important than blowing a hole in the dome, then that's probably going to be the case. Or, you know, it could be consequences like swap you out and just bring your your assistants down instead, that kind of stuff. As I said, they are avoiding us, and I was trying to pierce the dome to try to get inside, for I feel that there's a higher concentration and an easier ability to catch more we could also try to send a pup up to the top but i don't want to risk losing more of our this is the last one we have well the last time any of our people penetrated the dome a marine to my recollection lost his fingers and the entire planet was very nearly swept with some sort of death wall so i would say the prioritization should be to deal with what we know will probably not kill us if you pay attention to your scans, they're entering and exiting through the vent on the top. I'd say that's our best chance of catching one. Yes, I've been down here for ten days. I have noticed. Well, then show me results, <laughs> Norman. <clears throat> but listen, I, I didn't. I didn't see Norman come out here even I'm once sorry, and try and grab but one. We've been dealing. <laughs> Just looking at pictures of your son. We've been dealing with relocating and relocating. I have a question about that. Now, as it spreads out, is like the open ground just like getting clearer, or does the dome move with it? No, the dome is static. It is a static it's size. Static. Okay. It Whatever. It's expanding. Yeah, it's just it is sucking still, shit from it is, outside. Yeah, it's still just deteriorating some of the landscape around. Uh, it appears to be targeting more specific areas. Uh, more specific substances, things that appear to be less molecularly molecularly complex, and is still apparently using it inside for something. Do we have any scans of like what's past the wall yet? Or no? I have that, my like preliminary. I, said, that I have take, my preliminary scan. Time. Yeah, if you wanted well, to spend a couple of days recalibrating, you could probably get your equipment to scan through the wall and figure out what's going on inside. But it will take a couple of days okay. of trial and error. To get, you know, your sort of makeshift equipment that you have. But I would say makeshift. Yes. Okay. Very nice equipment. But still, limited in scope. I suppose right. we could send up my pup if we really want that nanite now. But I don't want to risk little Rogu. <laughs> I mean, they're not designed to, like, capture specimens. No, they're not. No. So we need to, like... We could attach it to a little butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, like, formulate some kind of trap for one. 
like our adapt our containment system for the nanites to capture this one like i'm assuming we keep them in something aboard our vessel right yeah very highly yeah. contained yeah yeah um, so i say we try to adapt that technology to try to catch one is there any possibility that we could send our own nanites through the vent don't look at me. I'm just a fucking company man. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, if, what if you just got like a really sticky glove? Can we use our nanites to capture a nanite? A sticky glove. I got a hat. I got a hat. That is potential. Like, uh, make a she com- like looks at you like very affectionately and she says, God, you're stupid. I, mean, I'm- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that Norman and I would just be like coming up with different ideas to catch one. <laughs> you two over here. All right, um, so yeah, make a Comtech roll, Dr. Turing. Did you want to make one too, Dr. Ezra? I can try. Oh, I'm playing dumb characters. Nothing. Nothing. Can I take a stress die and roll again? You can push, yeah. You're like, must know. I must know. Oh, my ulcer. The odds of this Whoa! There you go. There's there you three. Go. Nice. So three. Yep. Okay. You reason out. Now your your nanites have different levels of programming to them. You have obviously like hull breach repair sort of stuff, um, and then you have whole attack and decomposition in case you were to be attacked, say by a whaling Utani you know, cruiser or something. Mm-hmm. It is possible you could put together a program. It might take a week or so. But you could put together a program where you could have the nanites actually track down and sort of grab one of the other nanites and return with it. Hmm. It would you have to write a complete program for it though. So even working with your assistant and anybody else who's skilled in contact, it will take some time to basically get that into their programming. Could we scan the dome while we write that program? Can we scan, you know, like the inside of it as we read that program? And- uh, I mean, it, it'll be split attention for you. That's a lot for you to do. I mean, yeah, I could like. I mean, there's two scientists, so could we each take a task? Yeah, but each yeah. task requires contact. So oh, I'm just yeah. that's why I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. So I mean, you can always work on both projects at once. Either way, it looks like further progress. Also, unless... Desiree Pepperwood could definitely help us out with that. Yeah, she's got contact? five points in wits and two in yeah. contact. You roll seven <laughs> die. I'm help. I'm sorry. You can help us out with like reprogramming our nanites to capture one of the. Okay, um, now first of all, do either of the do- good doctors know that Ms. Pepperwood has any sort of technical skill? I she's my buddy, so I probably would. Turing oh. would probably know, but my com tech isn't necessarily like I don't know all com tech. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I do know enough. Would I want to help, however, mm, I, I think like is the other question. I highly motivated to get in there. Yeah, probably one of the reasons I imagine that Ms. Pepplewood was sent on this mission is because she has a better level of technological skill than most um, most company agents and therefore is better equipped to evaluate the value of potential exactly. technologies. So she could probably would be a lot better at uh, setting up and altering the like scanning and communications equipment. Since okay. she has like a deeper understanding of how mm. all that works. Mm. Ideal in appraisal. I, uh, <laughs> Mostly of dolls. You ever seen that show Hoarders? <laughs> <laughs> Antiques Roadshow. Get space with the program. Have you seen Space Pickers? <laughs> space Pickers. Um, I mean, I will assist in whatever way is necessary, but I would assume from 
your paychecks that you are qualified to do this work yourselves, Turing. I know you are. So uh, I will help if you need it. But I, I suppose we would all concur that is that a good plan? You guys want to do that? Um, if you want me to put a prototype of that glove together for you, I think I can manage. <laughs> Some Vic out with a net. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose we start working on that project then. Okay, yeah. so you do a circling of the dome and discover what Vic has already known, is <laughs> there's absolutely no way in. Uh, and the yeah. landscape around is like, actually, everyone make observation checks. You too, Miss Pebblewood. I mean, unless you just don't care. I care, although I think I was a little too busy staring at Vic for a moment. <laughs> He's in a... <laughs> there goes one. Right one success. Hey, one success for Victor. One success for me. One yeah. for uh, yeah. Pebblewood. Zero. Nothing. You're too busy extrapolating your head. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got two successes. We're all being so mean to each other in the game. I like want to go like extra mile to be really nice in real life. Now I love all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Clara, you're the one who really kind of picks up on it first. Vic, you kind of notice, but you just don't care. Um, and then Pepperwood, you just you kind of just observe. In general, the area around obviously has been flattened out by whatever's recycling the terrain. Clara, you notice that the walking on this flattened terrain and driving on this flattened terrain, it's really been recycled to the point where it's almost like a dusty asphalt kind of a thing. It's really packed. Like, it's really, really, really well packed. So whatever has been chewing through it also seems to have been perhaps doing something to sort of solidify the area and make it more traversable? Why? You're not sure. Unless you think it's building a parking lot? So, i trying to imagine things in my head, what you're meaning, but... Oh, so basically, so like... So, like, it's like the like, sand is very densely packed down, very, yeah, it's very like, uh, you know, smooth, very Think of, like, a level. dusty, like, um, not like sand, like desert sand, but more like a... Dirt road. Yeah, like a dirt road. Now think of a dirt road if someone had taken like something really heavy and like pressed it to yeah. the point where it's okay. almost as hard as asphalt. So it's like super easy to walk on. Okay. Uh, it's not going to break apart. I mean, you could shoot a pistol at it and it'll blow a chunk out of it, but it won't just blow, you know, dust and rocks everywhere. It looks like it's compressed. It's highly compressed, despite okay. being the exact same substance that the rest of the planetoids made out of. So. Yes. Guys, yes, Miss Green. Did okay. I know that, like, Vic, you've been going around this more than a few times. Eighteen times. I've been around it eighteen times. Did you? Did you? Did you use a steamroller one of them rounds? Uh, like, because it's like really level and really fine, and I don't know if you were just trying to smooth it out to make things easier for your next follow-ups. I mean, um, if I'm if I'm being honest with you, um, I kind of really just look at this like giant dome <laughs> made out of metal. Um, but like the landscape, why? What is going on? Was it like this? I I don't. I mean, I was here. I don't remember it looking like this. Yeah, it's been like this the whole time. It's just it kind of now clicks that it's not just a flattened space that happens to be easier to walk on, but it's like seems 
intentional. Yeah, you're noticing the rover itself doesn't even leave tracks on it. Um, seems flat to me. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess if y'all think it's okay, it's okay. I'm going to grab an extra glove from the rover and some, <laughs> some tape and start working on my prototype. No. Um, I'm going to tape uh, the glove in such a way that the tape sticky side is out and just wrap the whole glove. And then I'm going to... Pres- while you're driving the rover? Oh, or or th- you wait until you get back? I thought we're parking. Hey, well, we're you're still driving back and talking, yeah. It's a big dome. You're going to sticky banded it? <laughs> well, I guess I'll just drive then. Okay. Well, then you you finally make it back to the camp where you can set up to start doing the other wonderful things. You make it back to base camp and you begin setting up your preparations, scanning equipment, making adjustments to it, uh, trying to work on a program to get your nanites to capture other nanites. And unless anybody has anything incredibly pressing, we're going to fast forward. I want to hear uh, how this glove idea works out. Vic's <laughs> <laughs> glove idea goes uh, so many iterations. I'm going to put my glove together. It's um, it's a space, it's a space, uh, spacesuit glove, and I've taken some tape that we would use to maybe patch like a tent, and I've wrapped it in such a way that the whole glove is wrapped with the sticky side of the tape out like a mitten. And, um, and I'm Clara gonna... is just standing by watching him do this strategically. Now, uh, Cl- Clara, let me let me show these let me show these the uh, so-called scientists how a how a real man does science. Make a roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna walk over to the uh, the, the scientists, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, clear my throat loudly. And then while he's holding it, just right, <clears throat> Clara. Snacks, sneaks up and smacks it up so it smacks against his helmet and tapes onto his helmet. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll, I'll clear my throat and get their attention. Um, uh, all right, all right, guys. Since since you guys are having so many problems with it, um, you know, uh, I'm in charge here. So here you go. Uh, all you gotta do is put on your spacesuit, put on this glove. And run around and just wave it around. One of those nanites will get stuck. Just like a little gnat. Brilliant idea, Marine. Yes, please. Go outside and do that. You are in charge of this operation. (laughs) Go try. (laughs) During and Ezra agree. You know, I think this will work. Don't come back till you have one. They're like microscopic, right? Yeah. They're like nanites. Yeah, like so tiny. There's no chance. Don't tell him. He wouldn't even know if he got one. So, y'all. Uh, Vic, unfortunately, you have <laughs> you have very little success with your magic sticky glove technique. God, uh, goddamn nanites! You s- sneaky I'm- little. B- <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> sneaky little buggers! Yes, they appear to be very wily. Uh, I'm gonna go back inside. All right, but bad in the glove. So several days pass. Vic, you're doing the same routine. Clara, you're assisting Dr. Um, Ezra. And Miss Pebblewood, you're helping to recalibrate the communications and scanning equipment, as is your expertise. Yes. You're surprisingly good at it. Thank you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and make a Comtech roll to see exactly how good at it you are today? 
I have one success. All right. You work at a steady pace. You, you know you can do much better, but, um, you know, this isn't really your thing. But if you have to assist, you have to assist. She keeps getting distracted by Mr. Vinegar. <laughs> yes. yes. Every time Vic walks by in that <laughs> snug-fitting pressure suit. <laughs> Waving that tape glove. Looking like a walking <laughs> snowman. <laughs> the things ah. I could do with that tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> like hit you with the second wave. In the meanwhile, um, Doctor Turing, why don't you go ahead and make a contact roll to for your programming purposes? I got two successes. All right. Also, you can remove that stress level. It's been a few days. Oh yeah. Okay. All right, you make steady progress along with it, um, stepping in every once in a while to help uh, Ms. Pepperwood uh, with this or that in order to sort of save time. And um, sorry, Dr. Ezra, what were you doing again? I was assisting either one of them. Oh, okay. So uh, roll an extra die real quick, Turing. Just one extra die. Oh, just one. For his assistance. Nothing? Okay. (laughs) No. I'm not very helpful to him. <laughs> she just keeps getting in the way. Oh, yep. And eventually, you're still only about halfway done with the program. I suppose about, I'd... Oh, sorry? sorry? You can finish that and I'll interrupt you. Okay. Uh, you're only about halfway done with the program. It's a very long process. And then you're going to have to, of course, get some nanites shipped down here from the Chimera. Insert, or You'll actually have to return to the Chimera, reprogram the nanites... Put them in its sort of conteal, uh, con- put them in some sort of uh, containment, and then bring them down, and then basically release them using the programming in the computer to control them. It's very complicated because the computers that you normally use to do it are big and efficient and all aboard the Chimera. So the other option, of course, would be to land the ship to down there, but that's nope. not going to happen. Uh, that is severely against protocol. <clears throat> the humans are expendable. The ship is not. And then, uh, Dr. Ezra, I believe you had something to say. Yeah, I just wanted to see if I could further research any sort of compound that might be able to get us through for it quite easier. Or, uh, I'm just trying to figure out a way to get inside. I mean, I was Would that... I be able to program any of the nanites to eat that material that the outside is made of? I mean, you could use the direct approach and have the ship launch nanites down and chew into the dome. Uh, seems a bit heavy-handed. You might as well just use some explosives for that. Mm. But um, why don't you make a contact roll, Dr. Ezra? Using the newly formed or newly altered sensory equipment. Anything? What are you doing? Pushing the roll. Okay, pushing the roll. Don't want to look bad in front of your rival. One. Yeah. One success. Okay, so you continue the scanning using what equipment you have, and then basically as um, Ms. Pebblewood is upgrading it, and you make an interesting discovery. The dome itself appears to, periodically around the outside, have large swaths of it that are thinner than the rest of it. There are said to be several dozen of these placed at very, very even intervals surrounding the entire dome. And it takes you a while because at first you're trying to get through the 
titanium structure to kind of see what's inside. And then what you realize is there's points of higher and lesser resistance. And these areas appear to be about 10 feet wide and about 12 feet tall each. Very uniform, uh, very square, set into the sides, these walls that support this dome. I guess that's good to note, because I was curious. I mean, either way, if we go inside there, if we bust it open, go inside, there's odds are it could close in after us. I just want to make sure that we can get in and out of there the easiest way that we can. So, finally, the comms equipment is done. Like I said, you're about halfway done with the reprogramming or uh, creating the program to insert into the nanites to capture the other nanites. And your comms equipment has been altered by Ms. Pepperwood and now Dr. Turing, I would like you to make a contact roll to do a new sweep with the new equipment and see what you can figure out. I'd like to I would, assist in that. Okay, uh, well, you can either assist in the contact roll or you can make a medical aid roll to interpret some of the data that's coming through. Your That'll choice. Work. And Clara Green, would you like, you could either make your own medical aid roll or you can assist... I will assist. Okay, so Ezra is going to get one extra die for, for um, Clara. I got one success. One success. And would Miss Pepperwood like to assist the good doctor? Of course I would. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Which good doctor? Of course I, Pepperwood. Okay, so you'll get one more die. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, so Turing, Turing gets one more die based on her yeah. uh, just assisting you. Just if roll I'm assisting one. you, I barely know Dr. Ezra. Nope. Nothing? Mm. Okay, so you have one success total. Whoa. Two successes. All right, so over the course of many hours, you run these complicated scans, eventually getting this sort of, not like a complete penetration of the outer dome, but almost more like an echo. And... Eventually, you get a complete map, a layout of the interior. The dome itself, of course, is a very obvious structure. And inside appear to be hundreds of individual rooms of varying sizes and shapes. All of them are separated from each other by one continuous uh, branching hallway. So there's like every room is its own individual thing with hallways separating the rooms themselves. Some of the rooms are quite small, only a few hundred feet across, if you call that small, I guess. Uh, some of them are massive. Like, there's one particular area that is not as wide, but runs almost a mile long. You're seeing lots of different... It, the whole structure of it itself, it doesn't seem to follow any pattern. Everything's just kind of chaotic and random. But you are getting a map. You're also noticing that the echoes are very strange. The interior walls themselves don't appear to be completely titanium, as if they're made up of multiple types of materials. You can't tell what. More importantly, Dr. Ezra, you're getting readings that seem very confusing and pretty nonsensical at first, and then you realize those readings are biological in nature. At first, you detect the presence of biological organisms inside. You're not sure what you're looking at. And then you realize that these biological or organisms, there are thousands upon thousands of them. You're not getting any specific readings on what they are, but they all appear to be isolated to the interiors of the rooms, none, none of which are in the hallway. I called it the menagerie. 
you are guessing that, oh, and as you're reading this, oh, I'm sorry, as you're doing your readings, you notice that the biological organisms, and you're not sure if it's your scanner or if it's something else, but they appear to be multiplied. Like even as you're doing the scans, there'll be one more here, one more there. And so you're really not sure if that's just your scanner doing its work better and you're just detecting more of them, but they're all over the place in there. And you don't know, you reckon that given a few more days of working with the scanners, you might be able to get more specific information regarding what these biological organisms might be, but you're not quite sure. So what do you all do? You have a map and some other miscellaneous clues as to what's going on in there. What's the plan? Uh, did they share that it's full of biological organisms with... Um, with Vic? With I don't know. Does uh, <laughs> does anyone think Vic needs to be in the loop? I mean, I don't think either of these fuckers need to be in the loop. <laughs> in case well, I'm, Pepperwood's probably there, like yeah, yeah, over my observing, shoulder. yeah, all the time. I, mean, I am always in the loop. <laughs> I mean, in case something gets out of the dome, maybe the Marines should be like aware that there are life forms within the dome, or what we think is animals inside the dome. So, with the results that they're getting, is that like a readout on a computer, or like how is that? Yes, it's using, they're using a scanner to detect and okay. sort of map so the interior. Clara is sitting there and drawing it out on paper. The map? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's being fed into like your PDATs and stuff too. Oh, so. okay. Well, I forgot that technology is real. <laughs> you can still draw a map if you want. And she's just you having never fun know. in Mad coming up with her <laughs> own little creatures for each little room. Okay. Uh, so, so, do I know that there's alive stuff in there not unless I, I don't know should we let him know that there are life forms in there just in case they get out or are we confident that it's going to stay sealed uh, protocol would be to report to sergeant smith mm. developments that may impact his security detail i suppose yeah i i don't think i should be the one in charge of that i'm gonna I'm... go and report to smith you report to smith indicating that there may be biological stuff going on vic you hear this conversation obviously you're in the tent um, well, I've got some guns trained on it. <laughs> on the dome? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw what that thing did before. Um, I mean, whatever's in there can't be good. I'm just going to keep working on my program for the nanites. All right. Anyone else? I'm going to pour through any biological readings that I have and give it a second look to see if I can't figure anything else about it. Okay. Do we have any fixed guns or anything we could... You do not have any turret guns now. You can requisition some from the ship if you need to. There's a few. Um, we definitely ran down with more of a bare bones thing this time. So for the readings, we can only tell that they're biological organisms, not anything you know, for size, anything like that. Uh, if you continue the scans over a couple of days, you can probably get more information. How, how big are they as each biological? You don't know. You just, You're just getting like biological matter. It's it's hard to even like, tell if the separate saying, readings are one thing or if they're multiple organisms or what's going on. Like there's the presence of DNA in this room, something like that. Pretty much, yeah. Um. Uh. Whatever. Whatever we do, I think we should we should train something powerful on this dome. I'm just essentially waiting for me to be useful because I don't really know what else I can contribute to what's going on right now. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> We get go to the zoo. We get go to the zoo. <laughs> are we uh are, are we going in there? I mean, 
I gotta go can into I, the ship first. Can I do what I'm doing and check over like the results of what he discovered? I thought you scientists were supposed to be catching a, a nanite. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. But can I can I take a break from what I'm doing and look over his research? Because yeah, I'm assuming make that's, a like, medical, that's like a big discovery, right? Yeah, so make a medical like, aid. Your biological knowledge, not so hot. No, especially. <laughs> it's living creatures. This will be hard for you. You yeah. only deal with the dead. I got one success. Let me show you how it's done, Norman. All I right. got two successes. You're not going to learn anything. <laughs> you scan over it and just don't discover anything more than Dr. Ezra. You come to the same conclusion that you're going to need to scan it over multiple days and do like basically improve your scanning uh, equipment and slowly calibrate it until you can get better. Keep scanning, Norman. And if you want me to show you how it's done, I'll be in here working on the Nanite project. All right. How many rooms per se are there? Hundreds. Hundreds? Okay. Still want to get in there? Um, one additional question would be, how many animals are like in our archives on the ship? Like, oh, it's a full every animal. Yes. Okay. It is a full archive of every animal, both extinct and non. Okay. Well, you know that they have DNA symbols. I guess you'd probably have DNA symbols. Matter to catalog. (laughs) You open it. You're Jurassic Park. Different game. I really hope there's not a bacteria room. <laughs> <laughs> there's one room just labeled COVID. Ugh, well, that's a virus. <laughs> Variants one through seven. Viruses aren't alive. It like, be a virus. Uh, feels like every room is going to be full of face huggers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, more face huggers. Oh my god, microscopic face huggers. Another day passes as you slowly calibrate and start to get beads in on these organics. You notice that your readings appear to be consistent. However, there are some dots that sort of appear and disappear, perhaps if maybe if they're moving around. And you do start to notice dots uh, or organic readings coming from some of the halls. Um, you see no pattern to the movement. The ones in the halls appear to the ones be the ones that are moving. And then eventually, as you're sitting there, Dr. Turing, working on his program, Dr. Ezra, trying to make sense of the latest set of readings, Ms. Pepperwood, probably just looking over more reports that you're being sent back from the company about this and that. Just Vic imagine her filing her on nails his patrol. eating bonbons. <laughs> and Clara assisting in uh, examining the reports. The computers, the computers that you're using, your PDATs, um, every, communica- every electronic communication device or uh, digital uh, visual communication device that you have stops and goes black. And then you see a message come across it. Types out rather rapidly. It says, Colony development, stage one, complete. Interior colony environment, habitable for designation, Earth entities. Outer access, operational. Communication translation protocols, complete. Interface terminal, interactive. Sweet. Do I witness this? Yeah, any if you're in front of any computer, even a computer you were looking at records on, like a PDAT or something like that, it just goes blank and that comes across it. Oh shit! 
Right. That's right. <laughs> well, doctors, good, 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 good doctors. Um, what? What an interesting message. It appears it has figured out our language. Yes, well, it seems as if a few theories that I have are starting to prove more prudent. You think it's a menagerie? I'm not sure. My initial thought was that this might be some sort of terraforming device that mimicked whatever the previous inhabitants were, and it seems to have adjusted based on all of the information that it stole off of our ship. Interesting hypothesis, but I think we need more data. Uh, did anything happen to the outside of the thing? Uh, no, nothing appears to be. Um, actually, make a Comtech roll real quick. It said that the interface was yeah. ready to con- connect with, so... Operation. Two. All right, so you give it a quick scan. You discover two things. One, the nanite uh, streams that were going in and out of that top vent-like structure appear to have stopped. And two, the areas of thinner walls that you had mapped out uh, all appear to have some sort of an energy signature coming off of them now. Are there still like nanites like flying around outside or no? No. No, they all went into there. At this point, Vic, Sergeant Smith comes up to you. He says, suit up. Uh, whatever the hell just happened there, I want to be ready for it. Suit up. Get your weapons. Let's get out there and form a defensive perimeter between the dome and the camp. You got it, Sarge. Should I go back to the ship? Are you talking? Uh, the sergeant's actually in the barracks tent oh. with Vic. Should I go back to the <laughs> ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if things are, I mean, if, if things are going to get um, combative or something down here, I mean, I won't be of much use to you. Clearly, I would be better useful on the ship. Don't yep. you agree? I'm with her. <laughs> I, I agree. Back to the ship. Yep. Let's go. I would Miss suggest lady. rounding everyone up and preparing for an actual inquiry and mission in there. Isn't that a job for the Marines? Yes, which is why we'll need to go up and get more and formulate a plan as to what we want to do and review this data. That isn't my job. At this point, uh, the comms <laughs> open and you hear Sergeant Smith. Uh, medic Clara Green, please report to the front in case of injury. Okay, it was nice meeting you all. It was nice knowing you all. My will is under my pillow. Good to see you. <laughs> Clara suits up and heads out to meet up with Vic and the Marines. What do the rest of you do? <laughs> uh, I guess, like, keep scanning the outside of the dome and okay. the energy signatures coming from, like, where the doorway things are. Uh, there are energy signatures, yeah. Yeah. You don't get any sort of like distinct uh, purpose to them, though. It's like someone flipped uh, a light switch on kind of deal. Hmm. Yes, Ms. Bebelwood? I get onto the comm and say, um, please exercise more caution than uh, Miss Riker exercised a week ago. Need I remind you our equipment and uh, as well as Clara Green's supplies are not free. <laughs> Thank you. Then I stop. <clears throat> I nod at, at touring. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So what's the plan of action? Um, I say we send in a scouting party and see what we can find out up close and get a visual confirmation on the dome. <laughs> it's 
send a couple of Marines at it. On the dunes. See what happens. So, uh, which one of you science types is coming with us? Lead the charge. I did such a terrible job last time. <laughs> Sergeant Smith speaks up at this point. Uh, vinegar, Marines, always first in. We're not going to send the scientists in to get scrapped until we've gone in and cleared it out. You got it, Sarge, but, you know, seeing as I've been helping them with all their science. Uh... Yeah, you did a real bang up, <laughs> bang up job of that, Mr. Sticky Glove. Well, uh, I guess we'll just, Tater and I will just take care of things. Take Rogu with you. <laughs> the pup. Bring along in case we I need, need biological it. scans of everything in there. All right. We clear to go in? To like the dome? Yeah, we clear. Should we approach? Yeah. I'd say approach, but don't go in. I'd say final say is up to Miss Claire, or not Claire Green. Desiree Pipplewood. Desiree right. Pipplewood. Range forward. All right. You march forward. Claire and trailing behind them like a little lost duck. <laughs> you get within about 10 feet of the dome, and then an area about 10 feet wide and 12 feet tall slides open like double doors, and you can see inside a hallway and light, a sort of ambient light, similar to the interior dome when you went in, where it just appears as if the walls, floors, and ceiling are all kind of glowing with their own light. Um, can we roll the... the Grogu towards the opening. Oh, the pup? Yeah. Yeah. All right, the pup goes in, starts taking scans, and immediately you get floods of data. Biological data. Familiar DNA data. You see DNA data of what appears to be uh, some sort of monkey. DNA data what appears to be some sort of lemur. Hmm. And your scans bring back the interior itself, the rooms inside appear to only be partially made up of titanium. There appears to be some sort of glass-like substance that makes up almost a majority of the walls of these rooms with titanium supports interspersed, like large uh, aquariums or terrariums. Hmm. Riker built us a zoo, it seems. Uh, you want me to kill these things? <laughs> It could be dangerous. If they look dangerous, then kill them. All right, Marines in. All right, Tater, let's do it. Bring back a specimen alive. I want to see if it's made out of nanobots. You walk through the doors. Oh, another thing your pup brings back is the interior is fully oxygenated with the exact um, oxygen ratio that is most comfortable on the planet Earth. Also, the temperature appears to be Optimal for humans. Room temperature. That's <laughs> <laughs> All temperature. This is the room temperature room. But the Marines and Clara, a little bit behind, walk through the door into the area, and immediately your pressure suits signal that the air is breathable, despite the fact that the door is still open, very similar to the way the interior dome worked. And you see these halls. Now the halls run all the way around the outside of the dome. And interiorly are these different shaped rooms. And each room appears to have these large glass panels in it, separated by titanium supports. And you look in and you see dirt, plants, trees, um, 
different environments when like you look off to the right into one of these things and it looks like a, somebody snatched a piece of the desert out of off right off of earth you look off to the left it looks like somebody snatched a piece of a tropical zone right off the earth and you see within these rooms it's just a whole landscape some of them are bigger some of them are smaller as you go along you see more and more of these different sort of environments some of them are very similar in most of them, in the center of these rooms, appear to be these, like, they almost look like large, uh, closed uh, flower buds, you know, so kind of like a flower bulb. And they're, so, they're they look to be made out of metal, perhaps? Um, Clara, why don't you make a medical aid check? That is one success. All right, you look at them in... They look like they're made out of metal, but there's definitely some sort of organic property to whatever these are. Some of these rooms have one or two or three, and then some of them appear to be, have like a dozen or more. And then you walk by one of the rooms, and you see this flower, one of these flower bud-like devices is open. And you see something moving around inside this glass-walled room. As you watch, it slowly moves through the bushes. And you see a small, about two and a half foot tall, hairy creature that you recognize as some sort of monkey. And it's kind of wandering around. It's kind of got this like glisten to it, like this sort of slimy glisten. You realize there's some sort of like slime looking substance covering this open like flower bulb device. And it's kind of like cleaning itself off. And it's wandering around, looking around, very kind of confused, but seems okay. And it looks over at you and then realizes you're there and then, like, skitters away. Does the monkey look like a baby or does it look like full grown? Uh, according to your expertise, uh, it looks like it's sort of like a young adult. Oh. Like, probably just into its prime breeding um, mm. lifespan. Mm. Guys? Guys? Rains? Y'all? Hey! What? What? You want me to shoot it? No. Maybe that... I I think the creatures are being birthed before our eyes. I think we should kill them before they get out of hand. I don't know about that. From what I understand about nanites, they'll just magically come back together in some other form. So what? (laughs) <laughs> if these are made out of nanites we need to know right away Norman I suggest you have your assistant bring back samples that we can test are the rooms sealed funny enough you should ask they appear to be sealed until you walk by and kind of around the corner and you see another thing that looks probably like a portal of some sort and on either side of it a large 12 about shoulder height a 12 inch by 12 inch sort of black recessed area. It's like completely black, kind of uh, reflect, semi-reflective. I'm going to put my hand on it. Alright. It glows for a second, and then the doors to one of these things opens up. Okay, let's and go back to this. You want me to bring you a sample of monkey? <laughs> I would like you both to make observation checks real quick. Listen. I've seen Alien, but I'm not smart. <laughs> That's two successes. 
No successes. All right, Clara Green, you gain a stress level. Vic, you see it coming. I always see him coming. You press your hand up against this thing, and it kind of looks like a uh, like a wooded area, very shrub-like thing. And you see a large, chubby, furry creature. Um, and as you're opening it, too, you can hear like the sound of water running back there. You see a large, chubby, furry creature goes shooting past you, like comes running out of the bushes. And kind of runs out the door and starts it. hurling. You gotta grab it. Oh yeah! Make a melee combat oh, or whatever that is. Close combat roll. Get a sample of monkey. Yeah, let's do that. I meant small plant life for insects, rodents, not a silverback. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it. Okay. <laughs> you stress out. I gotta catch this damn thing. <laughs> What will my friends think of me? Do they still have their helmets on or no? Uh, that's four uh, Unless they've taken them off, they still do. Okay. Four successes. All right, you handily grab this little creature, which squirms and chitters as you grab it, and is just like flailing around. You look at it. Clara, you instantly recognize what appears to be an otter. An otter? I have questions about me for confusing a monkey with an otter, but... <laughs> I'm very excited to no, see the monkey the was in a different oh, okay. different chamber, yeah. And it's just twitching and flailing and appears to be very unhappy with being grasped by uh, Victor. Isn't he so cute? Um, <laughs> I got an otter. <laughs> did he say otter? I believe he did say otter. Um, can we keep him? I've named him Potter. Uh, Would yes, you like you, me to bring him up Yes, back? you can keep him. Potter the otter? Yes. Realize, unless you get... Potter the Otter, his own little compression suit, he will die instantly when you step oh, out the I door. Didn't even think about that. Can, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Just you to can, let breathe, you, you can breathe in here. Quick, take off your helmet, stick him down your suit, put your helmet back on. Clara, you're the one with the orders to bring this otter back alive. Okay, so I take off my helmet, I like try and like stuff him. I don't want him to he, die. They he's flailing and scratching at your face as you do this. I'm gonna okay, have, I the have pup like some sort of fabric to wrap his little arms in to swaddle him like a little kitty cat baby. <laughs> okay, hold on. While you're doing that, sorry. I'm gonna have the pup fly closer and take readings of the animal. All right. Um, it'll take a little while to examine it, but it appears to be a perfect DNA replica of an otter, an exceptional uh, male. Like, exceptionally healthy. So is this some sort of industrial Noah's Ark? What is the purpose of this place? I'm so confused. Well, Colin Robinson needs a friend. <laughs> Who is Colin Robinson? Are we, We're not in the same place. My Are we talking on the comm? Who the hell is Colin Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> My cat, obviously. You're not oh. there, Vic. Vic. Oh. <laughs> At this point, uh, Vic, Vic, you hear over the... Are we done? I think so. <laughs> At this point, you hear one of the other Marines, Danny Tar. So I like get back over the comms, and she's wandered a little bit further. Holy shit, boss! I, I, this is a, I think this is a fucking zebra. I just thought fall out of one of those weird flower things. I thought it was dead, but then it just got up. We need this technology. Yeah, um, Desiree. Yes. Instantly, the dollar signs kind of light yes, up they in your do. eyes. 
you realize that some of uh, due to you know many environmental mistakes, the Earth lost a lot of species. A lot of things are extinct. Mm-hmm. If some of these creatures, these DNA patterns, were reproduced in here, and say you found a giraffe, which has been extinct on Earth for over a hundred years, collectors, independent collectors, would pay millions mm-hmm. and the dollar sign potential just from the animals not even examining the technology itself is astronomical yeah no i am excited i am as <laughs> noticeably excited as desiree pepperwood can be um and very anxious at this point because i would really like to make sure that this that they bring these samples back but that they keep them safe and uh yeah Technology is incredible. If it can replicate life, it can be used for terraforming, and applications are endless. This Indeed. Be, this could be how I get my space Nobel Prize. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be known from here to Earth as the greatest scientist to bring back all these species and yes, of course. science things. And Phoenix Cole <laughs> will make sure that those science things are connected with you, as, as this is your discovery, I'd Dr. Like Turing, to... and you too, Dr. Ezra. <clears throat> I'm quite angry and quite quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do we need to do to ensure that all of these animals are extracted safely, securely? We need some kind of pod to bring them from the ship to here, or I, we send Norman in himself, because he is the expert <laughs> at biological life. Although I hate to say it, that is his area of expertise. Dr. Ezra, how do you think we should proceed? Quite sullen and angry right now still, because, you know, been working years to try to figure out how to do this with these nanites. (laughs) I understand that this must be an emotional blow for you, but if you could put those feelings aside and let's, let's come up with a stratagem. I haven't actually said anything. If I would have, I would have done it in the accent. I'm just. I think I could probably speaking my internal I could, monologue. I could but probably yeah. deduce that you're a little upset. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would know why. Norman, the answer to all your research is right in front of your eyes. A voice comes over the comm, Sergeant Smith. My Marines have scouted out the first area. Uh, anything living in here appears to be locked inside these cages. Um. You are welcome to come in if you wish. The air in here is breathable. Uh, we can set up a perimeter so that you can investigate individual zones while we ensure this is a little large. we we'll probably have to call down some more Marines if we want to secure it. But just looking at this, I mean, looks like pictures I've seen of like a zoo or something. It's uh, Everything's pretty well locked up, although the doors can be opened as... Uh, as, as Private Vinegar discovered, he has some sort of very something or other he's wrestling around with right now. Uh, Vic, watch out. Uh, don't, if that thing has some sort of space disease, you don't want to get contaminated. Oh, don't, don't worry, Sarge. The nurse is, is dealing with the little rat thing. Yeah, it's quite upset. It's just, it's squirming. It's trying to get out. It, I'm, I'm trying to it, swaddle it. You're trying to swaddle Make a. Close combat roll. You drink it. <laughs> you have drugs. <laughs> Share your drugs with it. Those are all for her. I have one success to my swaddle. 
All right, you're managing to hold on to it, but you cannot, like, like, what are you trying to swaddle it in? I'm imagining that I had some form of, like, bandana, scarf, something to keep my hair composed while under the helmet. Otherwise, it just gets, like, static. Have you taken off your helmet? Well, yes. Yeah, you said you could breathe. Yeah, I just, you didn't oh, yeah. say you take off your helmet. She, she right? so. Some people don't trust it. There goes quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you can have bandages in your little medical yeah. bag or something. So you're, you're wrapping up this they otter. They said bring them just back a sample. Super nervous and it's just twitching, but slowly giving in to the fact that he's being well, overpowered. I'm sitting there and cooing at it and like treating it like it a little baby It doesn't seem to kitten. care. It's just freaking out. Well, I know what they me. are now inside of there. I don't think we need to take it out of the... Well, I had There's no way it. you're going to be t- able to transport that safely and keep it alive and viable for me to research. So you oh, might as well put okay. it back in its enclosure. It will literally explode if you take it out of the dome. Turing <laughs> wasn't quite sure what was in there, <laughs> but now that we know what it is. Okay, okay. It is imperative. Please put it back in its enclosure. It is imperative that we figure out a way to extract these animals. But right. we can come back and visit Potter later, right? Sure. This isn't about visitation. Miss Green. This is about <clears throat> acquisition. Miss Pepperwood, I believe we are on the forefront here of uh, a giant discovery. The animals might not necessarily need to be taken out right now if we can figure out how the nanites produce them. Very well. An As- endless supply of endangered and extinct animals. Yes. As long <laughs> as they are kept safe, do what you must. Are you suggesting we set up a camp for scientific purposes inside the dome? No. Surely. <laughs> Surely not all of these animals. I'm requesting are that any animals that are. Say this pig here. Um, we could perhaps uh, have a luau. What is the matter with you? <laughs> these could be made out of, like, nanites, and you want to eat them. Think of the repercussions of that. Think of the flavor. (laughs) (laughs) I think Uh, we should get more enforcements before any further research. Vinegar, uh, keep your stomach down. I'm just just making a suggestion, Sarge. Yeah, you're always making suggestions. So, uh, science crew, you coming in to look at this yourself, or should we just back out? You want us to do a big clean, a longer sweep on this? Your area of expertise, Norman, do you want to go have a look for yourself? I want more re- reinforcements before I go in there. I don't trust it. All right. I guess call in some more bullet brains before we go in there. We're not expendable. And I want more than Vic Vinegar guarding my life. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why you think that I'm not the best guard he could possibly have. He does have a very big gun. Yeah. One more sweep and then pull him out while we get more Marines. Yeah. All right. I don't Vic have the final say. Up. I'm not the corporate agent on the ground. <laughs> yes, it is Mr. Pepperwood. Uh, I can give my suggestion. Do you concur, Pepperwood? Yes, of course, Dr. Turing. I concur. All right, so you send off a request for more Marines. Captain, is Marvel at your initial report? Well, sounds quite interesting. This could be a big move for Phoenix Corp. Uh, I will send down another two squads. That'll give you eight more people to work with. That be enough? Uh, yes. All right, they'll be on their way. They'll see you in an hour. Very good. What I wouldn't give to taste that sweet, sweet giraffe again. 
<laughs> can I order like a mandatory psych eval on Marine <laughs> Marines? Is you have that I power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd like to order a mandatory psych eval on Vic Vinegar. <laughs> so. Uh, Sergeant Smith is having you kind of sweep around, staying in like uh, almost like a like a nuclear formation where you have, you know, you're you're close to each other, but you're moving throughout the base and scouring the entire area. Uh, Miss Green, are you sticking with the Marines or are you wandering off on your own? That's your choice. I'm gonna stick with the Marines. All right. No, we're inside of the dome. Yes, you're inside amongst the zoo. Do we have a private channel? Like, you have a you have a military channel and then you have the open channel. So I'm who am I walking with? I'm alone. Uh, you're alone. You're just you're like every your squad is spread out to where each person is kind of has a, a hallway in like a circular fashion, and then you just kind of move to where everybody's within a certain distance of each other. But we could talk. But on everyone's local. spread out, so that you're kind of seeing something new each time. But if I talked on local, it would just be to the Marines around me, or it would be everybody. Yes, it's a military comm. So there's a military comm, there's a general comm, and then there's, is there also a local comm? No. No, it's just military in general? No, you take, well, right now you can just take your helmet off and speak with somebody next to you. But. Um, I'm going to take my helmet off in here. You're not taking it? <laughs> no. no, sir. Uh, okay, no, I'll just continue my, my parole, patrols then. Uh, all right, you two come across all sorts of crazy shit. You come across some of these, some of these um, individual... Rooms are completely filled with water. And you see things swimming around inside them. Some of them are, like I said, deserts, temperate forests, rocks. Uh, you see snakes moving around. And the further you go, the more of these like flower bulb-looking things have opened. And the more creatures you begin to see. So that's if they're all hatching right now. And they seem to be, Clara, according to your expertise... The number of individual creatures in each uh, cage seems to be optimal for the living space involved and for reproduction. And you notice they're all of an age, they're being uh, hatched at an age that is optimal for the creature's reproduction. I just realized that the Marines still have their helmets on. I'm not on the military comm channel. I'm just over here talking no, to myself. The comm's hooked into the, the, like the neck piece. Okay. So you can still calm without your helmet on. Yeah, but um, they have their helmets on, so they can't really hear me. Oh, if you're just talking now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm just talking to myself because they're on a military channel. I'm not military, so I can't be on their channel. So it's just kind of like a... I'm just going, this is weird to myself. Yeah. The sergeant actually probably would have hooked you into their channel. Okay. Since you're out there as their medic. Okay. That is good. Um I would probably bring that up and say, hey, so what's with everything being about the same age of puberty, adolescency, and like, does anyone else notice this? Am I, is, am I missing any? Is there any like old men, animals going around? Listen, they don't, they don't pay me enough to think. Uh, <laughs> they don't even pay me for my great glove idea, so... Uh, uh, I don't know. There's a there's a dome here. Uh, there wasn't a dome here before. Uh, there's a bunch of earth animals I've never even seen. Um, uh, the sweet sweet flesh of a giraffe. I know you've <laughs> talked about this before. I yeah. Will, um, I mean, I will switch channels and go ahead and mention it to the doctors that okay. I'm noticing this kind of age range and like 
lifespan development similarities. As you are mentioning in all this to the good doctors, Vic and Clara, since you're walking together, uh, Vic, you don't even notice, but you kick something on the ground. Um, what you is look it? D- you look down and you see what appears to be like a protruding area of out of one of the walls, and it appears to be like a little bowl, and next to it another little bowl, and in one appears to have some sort of like uh, like grain matter, and the other one appears to be filled with water. And as you're looking down at this, you hear a noise, a bark, as a what appears to be a young, healthy female Labrador retriever comes trotting down the hallway towards you and looks up at you, tongue lolling out, looking completely domesticated. Uh, um. Jason, I swear to God, <laughs> if a, you hurt this dog, I'm do- leaving. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I'll get on the, the general comms. Um, there's a, like a, a dog here, like, like a, a, like a pet dog. Like a domesticated dog? I, I think you lab. It a, like walk, a trots up to you and begins licking the hand of your compression suit. It's licking my suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the? That's very interesting. What it appears to have made a variety of animals, even the domesticated kind. It's also got a bowl with some food and water here. Um, Who? Is there, is there water in the bowl? Yes, there's um, a bowl with food and water. Vic and Clara actually make an observation check real quick. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I literally was waiting for that. <laughs> Since before we started. Norman's behind me just like, woof, woof, woof. Um, two successes. Sorry, two what was success- that? Two successes. For right. both of us. You both look at the dog, Labrador Retriever, fairly decent-sized dog, and you look down at the bowls, and you realize the bowls, bowls look too small. And then you hear a noise from behind you, a hiss. And the dog perks up and then races past you. And you turn just in time to see a small tabby cat hurling its way down the hallway with the dog right behind it. Why aren't these animals in enclosures? Who is feeding them? Are we in a vet's office? What is going on? Domesticated animals running loose, apparently. Seems to be a habitat of some kind. I think we really need more than Marines in there. You know, we need someone up close that actually understands the technology. Norman and I are on our way as soon as the Marine reinforcements. You hear the sound of Icarus 2 landing outside. (laughs) We're on our way. Then the hoot, 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 hoot of a bunch of Marines marching because that's the noise they make when they march. Dr. Turing, be safe. They make their way in and begin helping the initial squad to sort of clear and sweep. Over the next hour, you just hear all sorts of comms chatter. Fucking elephant! I know that. That's an elephant. Aren't they extinct? Yeah. There's, there's, there's four of them. There's like a big one and some smaller ones. What the hell's going on? Dude, this enclosure is big. I've been walking around <laughs> it for the last 30 minutes. It's very large. I mean, I guess if you got an elephant in it, it's probably got to be pretty big. I, did I just see a poodle? I swear I just saw a poodle. I know I just saw a poodle. Is that a bird? Somebody let a bird loose in here? <sighs> All sorts of chatter. Hmm. As, what, Turing? Just you? What? Suiting up to go inside? No, I think, are we both going? I, I'm going. Okay, I'm so going. Turing yeah. is going inside. I'm about to take a look at this for myself. Is Ms. Pepplewood going inside? Are you just going to hang back and watch the feeds? 
Don't you want to see all these animal investments? I will accompany the scientists okay. into the dome. Famous last words. <laughs> and Dr. Ezra, um, are you going inside? We do have a son to think about, I suppose. <laughs> Ouch. Which is why I'm so reluctant. The answer to your life's work could be right here in front of you, Norman. Screw it. Yeah, I'm suiting up. All right, you suit up, you head in. Just put my helmet on, I guess. Yeah, we like, I mean, I bring like a bunch of equipment and a pistol. All my scanning equipment and like nanotechnology stuff, right? And I bring uh, most of that's really heavy. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I bring what I can. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm bringing my med kit and a bunch of vials and shit so I can try to take samples from these animals. All right, you head in, begin wandering around, and sure as hell, there's just animals everywhere. And at this point, most of these pod-like things have opened up and let the animals out. So you see a variety of animals. It certainly doesn't encompass the entire, like, uh, the entirety of every Earth species. But it encompasses a lot of them. And you see some, a lot of the creatures are coexisting within the same pens. Uh, you see some things, like you run across one that has a mountain lion in it. And then you see other smaller pods that release what appear to be smaller animals that are prey for the mountain lion. It appears to be providing, these, these individual rooms appear to be providing for all of the needs, whether they be carnivore or um, herbivore. So over the course of the, course of the next several hours... You just sort of walk around this place, like, checking all this stuff out. And, um, Pepperwood, are you just sticking with the scientists? Yes. Okay, and Clara, you're sticking with the Marines? Yes. Wait. Is there a sloth? Uh, make an observation check to see if you can find a sloth. (laughs) (laughs) Two successes. You find... A sloth. <laughs> I wander away from the scientist <laughs> toward the sloth. Okay. And I approach it slowly because sloths are Dr. Pepperwood's, Miss Pepperwood's favorite animal. And she is well aware that they can be incredibly dangerous, but she really, really, really wants to pet it. So she walks very cautiously toward the sloth. All right. At this point, several things happen at the same time. You wander toward your sloth. Clara, you're wandering around with Vic, and you happen to be kind of on the same course, and you look over and see Ms. Pepperwood staring <laughs> through a window into one of these things that appears to be a sloth. Scientists, you, at this point, your wanderings have taken you closer towards the center of the dome, so this sloth appears to be on the interior area. And as you're walking past and doing some scans, one of the doors to the interior dome opens up. Scientists hear a voice coming from the interior of the center dome. At last you have arrived. Are you enjoying the colony? Is it appropriate to your specifications? And, you don't, Pepperwood, you're a little bit further out. At the same time, Clara, you're walking towards Miss Pepperwood, and you see the sloth in one side. And off to the other side, it's like a room that's kind of shaded, like the glass is like tinted, as if whatever in it doesn't isn't really fond of the light. And you look in, and you see inside 
instead of these like flower like you don't see any of these flower like petal things instead you appear to see several like dozen of these small egg like things <laughs> all over the ground <laughs> with what appears to be a large unidentifiable unidentifiable creature something that seems, appears to be like reflective black creature kind of slithering between them you're not sure what this is it's definitely not something from earth However, you do remember briefly, back when your computers were being scanned, seeing these egg things pop up briefly amidst all of the other animals, as if the chimera apparently had the DNA structure on file somewhere. And that's where we're going to end. Thank the gods we finally found the aliens. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to die in second episode? <laughs> did we find them or did we already have them in our database and now they're here? Yeah, they were still just, secured though, right? They're inside one of they're the They're still yeah. secured? Okay. Right next to the sloth? What a weird choice. Because <laughs> the sloth goes first. Why? To torture you. <laughs> so I'm assuming that I spent enough time that my stress level went down by one. No, you're uh, yeah, but you still retain the permanent I one from permanent one, yeah, yeah. worrying about Teddy. I, just, I was thinking of the one that I pushed. All right, so uh, that's where we're going to end it. Talking pillar and totally unidentifiable, have no idea what they are, eggs okay. and a strange creature. Yay. I just start crying immediately. <laughs> Yay! So uh, thank you for listening want to keep up with our news antics which i mean i don't know i post every once in a while i guess we got the twitter the romageddon at romageddon twitter and we got the instagram romageddon and then we got uh, if you want to name some npcs or some ships or a sloth you can go and buy me a coffee <laughs> and donate and you get to name shit because that's fun and uh yeah and we'll be back again in a week or two or whatever depending on when you're listening to this with another episode I have been Jason. I have been the Game Master. I am Molly. I have been Desiree Pepperwood. I'm Molly. I've been playing Vic Vinegar. I'm Mel. I've been playing Clara Green. Please leave a review if you want us to start a uh, Romageddon TikTok. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Let's get out of this quickly. Uh, I'm Sam. I've been Dr. Arthur Turing. And I've been Jordy playing Ezra... Dr. Norman Ezra. Jesus. I think that's a brilliant idea, by the way, Mel. Thank you. <laughs> I think that we should say if somebody donates like $20 to the Buy Me a Coffee, the Rolmageddon will create a TikTok where Jason dispels his DM wisdoms and we have a lot more of an opportunity to reach out to people because I, it's TikTok. If I ever think of something that I'd actually could do on TikTok, maybe I'll do Told it. you I'll, make, I'll help know. you make videos. Do I don't dance. know what to do. <laughs> Do it the Here, Not my department. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Have a
like to add the detail that or change my uh, signature item from my Phoenix Core stress ball to a framed photo of Dick Cheney. You guys ever seen Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that stupid movie, but like, there ain't no way that 35 year old woman was passing as a fucking teenager. <laughs> Or like even David Arquette's character was also yep. supposed to yep. just be in high school. David Arquette looked like he was about 40. This is for all of you Kevins out there for your voicemail. Kevin can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Kevins. <laughs> I feel like we've been bantering for a long time. A long time. We've yeah. been on yeah, all fire All you were here. doing was talking about Courtney Cox's lips. I'm good to go. I mean, yeah, and it's what a else broad So much ground to cover. Can we just? Can we just? <laughs> can, I, can we just all all agree that whatever she did to herself was all a mistake? I will clutch my photograph of Sir Dick Cheney, and I will be ready. That hurt. That hurt to say. That hurt my heart to hear. <laughs> I think I'm going to drop the Dick Cheney joke. I can only do that for so long. <laughs> my ears are bleeding. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Banter.